This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college sports fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And Brandon, today it is now the official last podcast of football season. This is the last one. The last time we're going to be talking 2015 football on the Primetime Podcast. And what a good season it was to talk college football. We had a great ending to a great season of just college football in general. Two great teams. It was a fun game to watch. They were in it. Clemson was in it till the very end. Alabama played well. Everyone played well. 45 to 40, the final score. No one, no college football fan is walking away going, I didn't see a good game. They saw a hell of a game. Well, and it was a great game. We're going to get into the game specifically a little bit later. However, the one thing I'm just thinking is this was the game we needed this year, especially after those two stinkers of semifinal games, especially that Alabama. Michigan State game. Well, not just the stinkers of those semifinal games. Of How about the stinkers season. of bowl season? Yeah. I mean, it proved my point of no one cares. Because <laughs> th- because if those are the games we're seeing, who wants to watch that? I mean, I who think... wants to watch Tennessee win 45-7? Mm-hmm. to seven? Nobody. Tennessee fans by the middle of the game were going, shit, can no one else <laughs> score? You know, because at the end of the day, College football fans, they want to see competition. Mm-hmm. You don't want to see a blowout. That's not really that fun. I mean, even for for fans of, you know, number like let's say number one through five teams, their team wins in a blowout, like, cool. I'm going to just go get drunk for the yeah. second half of the game. I think the only other close game besides the national championship was that, like, Bahamas Bowl that I know Western Michigan won. I don't even know who they were playing, but I remember that being a close game, but... We're going to start in the world of college basketball. And I want to throw a question out there, Brandon, because I was watching PTI this week, and they were kind of talking about something. If you guys know me, I get a lot of, like, my question topic stuff from PTI because I love Kornheiser. I love Wilbon. Wilbon's my boy. However, this topic I thought was perfect for us to finally start into basketball because let's be honest, basketball season – doesn't officially start until after football season's packed up for the year. And this year, if you're just coming into college basketball, post-football, you haven't watched a lick of it, Kansas is a one-loss team. You got Oklahoma, Maryland, Michigan State. You have Xavier, Miami of Florida, West Virginia. Providence is a good two-loss team. There's a lot of teams that you could throw out there one undefeated in Southern Methodist. However, there's a lot of teams you can throw out there and say, this is a good team. There's no one team like we had last year in Kentucky that's like they are the powerhouse in college basketball. And Brandon, the question is simple. Is this good or bad for the game of college basketball? I could see it going both ways. I could see it being a good thing for college basketball because since multiple teams are good, that means multiple fan bases get involved in it. That means that just playing college basketball fans are really excited. That it has something for them to take a look at and say, oh my gosh, like 
if this game's on TV, I'm going to watch this game because they're good. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, this one's being played now. Oh, this is a great matchup coming up, too. Like, you get excited for it. It's not just like what we saw last year with Kentucky being the powerhouse. For the most part, it was like, okay, Kentucky's really good, so Kentucky fans are happy. And college basketball fans in general are taking a look at Kentucky. But So Kentucky plays. Okay, you're going to watch that one just because it's Kentucky. But then say you've got a... LSU Ole Miss matchup coming up. You know, I just threw those two names out there mainly because thinking college football. Mm-hmm. But you throw those two teams out no there, no one's going to watch and, it. And people would go, mm, "You have this game on. E- you have this on ESPN. Are you kidding me? No way." But this year, you could put a Xavier versus Providence. People are all over it because mm-hmm. it's a good matchup because they're good teams. Well, and so those I think are it two does... smaller level teams. I mean, college basketball is a little different than football, but those are two. Lower level teams compared to like the Kansas, the Oklahomas, the Maryland. Absolutely, but those are the teams that, when it comes down to it, those are the teams that are going to make probably a good tournament run when it comes mm-hmm. to it at the end of the season. And those are the teams that are fun to watch. You don't always, you don't always, you know, being a just a, a sports fan in general. Obviously, I have my teams that I root for, but and everyone knows it. But when it comes down to it, you want to see good games. You want to see good teams it's it's fun seeing you know the the same team sometimes because Mm -hmm. like yeah those are the powerhouses but after a while when you continue to see some of these teams it's like it's not fun to watch it's not fun to be a part of if you're a, a fan or things like that so when your team's doing well when there's other teams doing well that maybe weren't there last year when you get some more i guess quote unquote surprise teams yeah that's what makes it exciting? Well, That's what that... brings more people into it because they're like, whoa, where'd they come from? Where'd George Mason come from? Where'd this team come mm-hmm. from? I'm going to watch them now and follow them all season long. That's exciting. That is college basketball. Isn't that the essence of college basketball, though? Like you just said, with the whole like excitement where anybody can win on every given night, and then you get the ones like, you mentioned George Mason because a few years ago they made that great tournament run. To me, this is setting up like, okay, maybe it can be March all year round. It can be that time. I'm going to give you a couple games that happened in the past two the past two days. We're recording this podcast a little bit later in the week on Thursday because we had that national title game to watch Monday. However, Tuesday night, you get these matchups. Number one, Kansas falls at West Virginia. Great game. And West Virginia, the 11th ranked team in the country. They're no joke. Then you also get Michigan beating Maryland for their second loss of the year. And on top of it, you get Providence last second three to beat Creighton 50 to 48. Then yesterday, Oklahoma, they survive one of the toughest road forms they're going to have in Oklahoma State, and then you have the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, their football team might have lost to Alabama on Monday, but Brandon, on Wednesday, they upset the Dukies, and I know how much you like when the Dukies fall, especially to a team like Clemson who it's like, okay, not ranked, but to me this sets up, you can't just look at the ranked opponents. Like You can see it and go, okay, well, Kansas can be number one here. You can make a case for Oklahoma to be number one. Maryland, maybe before they lost to Michigan, that they could be number one. Last year it was all, did Kentucky win? Okay, they're number one. 
it creates a little bit more discussion. And like you said, the fan bases get into it, but also it kind of gives momentum to those teams that aren't in the top rankings. Like, you know what? This Kansas team coming into our house, we may not be ranked, but we can beat them. This is our house. We can defend it. It kind of creates a di- like a more spread out league, which I think is good. I like more spread out than that one Kentucky goes undefeated to the Final Four and then loses to like a Wisconsin. You know, I'll tell you what. I think there's there's probably a eh, you know, there's probably a line right down the middle on people who are in favor of parity and people who like how it's always been. Mm-hmm. You know, there's probably a good amount of people who say, you know what, hey. Let the good teams keep winning. Let the Dukes be at the top. The North Carolinas, the Michigan States, all those teams. Let's let them be at the top because that's fun. That's where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And let the teams who are supposed to be bad be bad. But then there's other people on the other side of that line that say, "Hey, I love when I see an upset. I love when I see a team come out like like well, me this year, Ricky, Ricky." Really quickly is that you and I both? I think we came into this year Oklahoma ranked as high as they were. Yeah, Oklahoma. I mean, that's not someone I had on my radar in the mm-hmm. Big 12. You think your Kansas is and stuff like that, but Oklahoma was not on my radar. They're the number two team in the country. And mainly and they because could of have Buddy that Heel. case for number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anyone saw, and if you missed it, you missed out on a good one. Oklahoma and Kansas. That was what one hell of a game going three OTs, baby. That is the definition of college basketball and it wasn't even march it was not usually it's okay i'll tell you what folks this is usually the college basketball season for me oh you know what kentucky's on they're undefeated sure i'll watch here oh i'll watch this game here it's kansas against iowa state or kansas against oklahoma okay cool it's gonna be a big game oh i've got michigan michigan state on the big 10 network i'll watch that tonight and then i get to conference tournament time and it's like what? Texas did what against Kansas State? Two teams that I never even care about. And, I mean, I just threw those two teams out there because they're lower teams. They're no Kansases. They're no Oklahomas. But it's like, what just happened? Or a Big West showdown. Mm-hmm. That no, Who gives a fuck about the Big West? However, when, Who's it comes, the Big West? when it comes to conference tournament time, I'm watching all those conference tournaments. I'm waiting for that highlight yeah. on ESPN. Guess what, folks? We're getting that right now. And I know that last kind of analogy I threw out there may be a little far-fetched. No one's talking about the, like, Missouri Valley Conference right now. Not yet. Not yet. We may be talking about Illinois State Redbirds later in the season, but who knows? But right now, all the conferences that we care about, Big 12, Big 10, the American, the SEC, the Pac-12, they have competition, and they have competition throughout any matchup. I'm going to throw in another one. Overtime game, Texas beats Iowa State at home 94-91. Huge win for Shaka Smart. How about another one? Texas at home beats North Carolina Mm -hmm. early on in the season. How about that? I mean— that just goes to show you, I, I think, really, really, Ricky and I have been hitting on this theme. And we've we've said it now a couple of times. Is that is the culture? That's the nature of college basketball. And it's good to have it this early in the season. That's what you want to see because you know, as much as everyone, everyone 
loves March. Why? Oh, the weather's getting nice. No, college basketball. Yeah, that's why they call that's it March Madness. Why. But, but I think more people are happy to be more involved and invested now and not just in March. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's March. Now I'll pay attention. I'll fill out my bracket. Oh, wait. Who do I pick? Because I haven't been watching all year long. Oh, they're a four. They'll probably win. You know, that's kind of the mindset, I think, when we get to a lot of uh, months of March. Mm-hmm. But you're right, Ricky. In a year like this that we're having so far, I'm a big proponent of it. I'm a big fan of it because it is getting people involved it's getting more people involved and it's getting more people excited well the one thing i gotta throw out there is do you think this new wave of i'm gonna say new wave of no top dog number one at the top does it hurt the casual fan because is it more of like the casual fans not gonna watch because it's not that Kentucky against whoever is this gonna ESPN can't play the promo of is this the first loss for the Kansas Jayhawks or is it you know what I'm a casual fan fuck I'm just gonna watch this game because it's probably gonna be good no matter who the teams are this is good for the casual fan this is good for the casual fan because then they're not watching Mm -hmm. like I said they're not watching just the same games they can turn on you know the big 12 network boom good game they can turn on the Big Ten Network. Boom. Big game. They can turn on ACC. Big game. All big, you know, all these different conferences finally have big games where it's not. It's just, well, Duke's playing North Carolina tonight. Been waiting for this for two months. You know, that's not what we're having. Helps the casual fan. Well, like another game I'm going to throw out there is what the four over the four overtime thriller that the Trojans beating the Wildcats of Arizona. I looked over like, the Trojans have a basketball team? Of course I knew they had a basketball team, folks, but let's be honest. They have not been relevant for so long. I probably still think that Tim Floyd's still their coach. He's probably not, but that's the last time I paid attention to USC basketball. And you kind of mentioned something that I'm going to throw out there. This is going to make March Madness a lot harder. It's going to make bracket time when you're penciling in those brackets a lot harder. Because let's be honest, last year, unless you hated Kentucky, oh, I'm going to have them go all the way to the national championship, they'll probably win. Or if you're more of a realist, you were like, okay, maybe the, they'll go to the Final Four, but they're not going to beat this team in the Final Four. Then this, they can actually get upset. I'll be honest, this year, you'll probably fill out your brackets going, okay, I get this 1-8 matchup. Oh, damn, that eight can beat this one. Do do I put that eight to go on? Or if they move on, I don't know. This three can beat this one. I, I think the one seed is not going to be as strong this March as we've seen in past years. I was just going to say, who does this hurt the most? The one seeds. College basketball <laughs> brackets in March. That's who it hurts the most because of what you just said. It's not just automatic one versus eight. Uh, mm-hmm. The one you got to look and you got to go, whoa, you know, this eight is good. They're competitive. They had a good season. This one is good. Obviously, they're a one. But this eight, though, 
dang, what do I do? You know, that's going to make it hard. Well, but that's, that's the only thing that it hurts. In my mind, this situation, that's the only thing that it hurts because everything else, it helps the game of college basketball. It is what the game of college basketball is supposed to be. Because let's be honest, in and I'm saying in years past because I'm already assuming that this year March Madness is going to be different because of what we're seeing now. It's usually the 9-8s. The what what would it be? The three fourteen, the twelve five, the six seed versus the the six twelve. It's those middle matchups. Usually the one sixteen, the two fifteen. Okay, cool. You're gonna move on. However, I believe there's usually one two seed that gets upset by a by a fifteen seed. And let's be honest, it's usually Kansas or Duke when they're a two seed going up against a Lehigh who's fifteen. C.J. McCollum usually upsets you. And also, i got to drop this bomb. I did fact-check myself. Tim Floyd has not been the head coach of the Trojans since 2009. So that gives you a little bit of reference of the last time I checked in on Southern Cal basketball. It's been been a a while. It has been a long time. But I'm going to ask you one question before we go back to football. We have two undefeated teams in college basketball. SMU, who, when I told you about them, I said, hey, should we talk about these guys? Pre-show, you said, tell the listeners what you said, or do you want me to say it? Brandon goes, I, I said, it, who are they? It, it doesn't really matter. Who are they? Who are they? doesn't matter that they're undefeated. They're undefeated, and the Gamecocks of Southern or South Carolina are undefeated. A, does it matter? You kind of answered it for SMU. Does it matter that they're undefeated? And how long do these teams stay undefeated, do you think? To be quite honest with you, um, I don't think it really matters if they're undefeated because I think we're going to see, not that I think we're going to see more losses by teams and they're all going to be kind of bunched together, but I think it doesn't necessarily matter if you're undefeated or not this year. I think it's just who's competitive, who's going to be, who's going to grind it out at the mm-hmm. end because, you know, we got, we got some good teams towards the top who are not undefeated, but they're grinders. That's why they're good. And I, I think that, you know, then you have a team like Purdue who for a while they were they were right there, like in the middle of the pack, you know, winning games, winning games, undefeated, mm-hmm. not playing anybody, not playing anybody, not playing anybody. And they take a couple of losses. And it's like, okay, well, you know, not as good as we thought. And I got to interject a little bit because – I looked. The rankings on ESPN are not completely updated with the wins, losses. SMU is the only undefeated team because guess who beat Arkansas yesterday, Brandon? Your team. They won the national title in football. Bam, Your bam. boy. Roll Tide. They So the Gamecocks have a loss. That doesn't matter. But let's move over to that football. We're going to talk about Alabama. We're going to talk about the national title game right now. And then, more importantly, Derrick Henry, and where can we see him going in the NFL draft? But let's start with the national championship game. We mentioned it to start the podcast, and I'm going to say it here. This is probably the best national championship I have seen since Vince Young beating the Trojans. Like, this is the national championship where if you were sitting there going, well, what if the Trojans would have won? That was this game. That was this game because Deshaun Watson was Vince Young. 
and he just couldn't do it. Plus, there was a special teams play, two special teams plays, that sealed the game for Bama. The onside kick right into the breadbasket, and then Kenyon Drake going whoop right around the corner, Tutty. We saw ourselves a really good game. We knew we were going to see ourselves a good game because Clemson and Alabama had been so good all season long. You had one and two. One and two right there in your national championship game. We saw everything that they had to offer. They left it all out on the field. That is for certain. And that's what we've been waiting to see out of one of our top games here at the end. Didn't see that in our semifinal games. Didn't see it in Oklahoma Clemson. Didn't see it in Alabama, Michigan State. That was just a blowout. We we just saw dominance from one side, not the other. In this game, this national championship game, we saw good football. We saw good plays. You know what we saw? We saw coaches needing to strategize to win. We saw coaches having to make some plays. And we saw coaching, I think, at its finest. Trying to outduel the other. And we saw that with Nick Saban calling that onside kick. And I'm glad you brought up that onside kick because it was after the game. I don't even remember if it was immediately after the game, if it was the day after. But I'm watching ESPN. And they're talking with Alabama people. And here's how they laid it out. Apparently, Alabama has it set to where the coat, the like special teams coach or whatever, kind of just monitors that and goes, okay, we got a shot at it. When they have the opportunity to do it, he just goes over to Nick and goes, okay, boy, the opportunity's there. And then it's Saban's call if they do it or not. And that was just one where Saban said, he's like, you know what? It was a tie game. He, we needed something because he's like, our defense was tired. Our defense was tired chasing around Watson in the backfield. We needed something, and he, Griff Griffin kicked one hell of a ball, and that was just it. And I want to go now. You brought up Deshaun Watson. A- Alabama won this game, but do not take one damn thing away from Clemson because they played their hearts off, mm-hmm. out and their asses off. And I will tell you what. Deshaun Watson was the toughest quarterback Alabama went up against all season long. And I'll tell you what, they went up against a guy like Dak Prescott, who I said in our, I think, previews way back when, I'm looking for Dak, he's going to have a good season. He had a good season, but he wasn't what he was last year. He's he's supposed to be a guy who can move around in the pocket and, you know, get going, scramble, all this stuff. They took him down. They took down Dak Prescott when they played Mississippi mm-hmm. State. It was a joke. Deshaun Watson all over the place, and he tired them out. He tired out that Alabama defense. And it's not because Alabama defense, they were, oh, you know, they're not doing enough. No, it's because Watson's It's good. because that offensive line was doing more than enough mm-hmm. to hold off Alabama's defensive front, and Watson just knows what to do with the football, knows how to make plays. The kid is special, and he's just a sophomore. He is good. He's coming Watch back. Watch out for him. 
he's coming back. And that's a reason why maybe an ESPN's way too early 2016 rankings that Clemson was number one over Alabama. If you want to hear what ours are, you got to wait until next week. We're going to post those maybe Monday or Tuesday. However, Ricky's going to be happy with me. I actually sent him mine. He told he me did. to send him, and I sent him. He sent him, and it was a full 25. That That's a big thing for Brandon, especially with maybe a way too early top, tw- or top 25 for next year where Brandon's sitting there going, we're already looking to next year. Can we just take in what we just saw? But the big thing for Alabama is they're losing a key piece to their team. The Heisman winner, the guy who had three touchdowns, 158 yards on 36 carries against the Clemson Tigers, Derrick Henry is going to the draft. I am asking you, Brandon, right now, Mel Kuyper put out his first mock draft. We're going to wait to see what Mark Weber here at MVP has to say about his next week. If you're setting up a mock draft, Where does Derrick Henry go? Is he in the first round? Well, I first want to say that there were a lot of people out there after, well, while and after Stanford was playing Iowa, said, Christian McCaffrey, man. Christian McCaffrey should have been. He's the guy in the background. Christian McCaffrey had like 200 yards. He should be the Heisman. (laughs) Are you kidding me? He did it against Iowa. What I'm saying is that Derrick Henry showed again, again, not just some good game. He showed again that he was worthy of the Heisman. He was the right pick. He was the right one. 150 yards and three touchdowns in your national championship game. And this was coming back from a 75-yard game against Michigan State. Yeah, he had two touchdowns in that semifinal game. But he only had 75 yards in that game on 20 carries. Yeah, I I, I think that those people who said, no, nah, should have been Christian McCaffrey, stick <laughs> a fork in it because McCaffrey is good. I'll give it. I'll give that to him. But Henry is something special. Can we be honest? The only reason McCaffrey was in the Heisman discussion is because he broke that record. He broke Barry Sanders' all-purpose yard record. And that put him in. Now, I'm not saying he's not a great player. I'm just saying when you break a Barry Sanders record, you might be you might be put into the Heisman discussion. And I'm going to go one step further, Brandon. Not only did Derrick Henry prove that he was the Heisman over McCaffrey, Deshaun Watson, Watson basically said in this game, I know he didn't get the W, but he basically said, hey, guys, Next year's Heisman, put me on the list. I'm winning it. I think Deshaun Watson has the best chance to win the Heisman next year. Yeah, I think he's got to be a front runner to start things off. Mm-hmm. He's got to be. But, Ricky, going back to your question. Where does you Henry know, go in Not the to draft? get too far off, but I'm going to say early to mid-second round. So he's not a first-rounder in your mind. I'm going to say no, because there's probably teams who are out there looking for some other things maybe before him. But I don't think, but I want to say that I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that that's a bad thing that he maybe doesn't go first Mm -hmm. round because you don't need your guys to go first round. Where'd Tom Brady go? What round did Tom Brady go? Sixth. 
There you go. Where's Tom Brady at? So, see, that's the thing, is I think so many people get so worked up with where they go in the draft, is, okay, yeah, your first couple of guys, they're going to get a lot of money. <laughs> What's Jamarcus Russell doing is with his money right now? The Jamarcus Russell hustle? Drinking that purple drink? I mean, who knows what the hell that guy is doing? We don't want to know. He's probably being a fat ass on his couch. Mm -hmm. He was a first-round pick. Tom Brady, going back to that, a sixth-round pick, and he yet again is going deep into the playoffs. So, see, too many people put too much stock in drafts and draft placement and draft where they are, all that kind of stuff. Not that, not that important to me because you get a guy, you get a guy who's going to be good. Doesn't matter where you get him, you get him. And you know what? Most of the time, you're going to get your diamonds in the rough, your steals mm -hmm. in the later drafts. That's just that's that's my opinion. But I think Derrick Henry, I could see him as a middle to uh, middle to uh, be, uh, second beginning rounder. first rounder, a uh, second rounder. Sorry, I couldn't. So he's going think of how to or, say. So you're saying second or third, like third at the lowest. I would say third at the lowest. You know, I I I could definitely see some teams going for for running back. Then you're, you're gonna see we're gonna definitely see teams go mm -hmm. for quarterback. We're now, definitely gonna see teams go for quarterback, and I think we're gonna see teams go for O line in the first round. Here's what I'm thinking right now with Derrick Henry, and I'm gonna throw Ezekiel Elliott into this conversation. Because you have to, because it kind of goes to the next qu the question that should have went before that was, if you're a team, let's say the Broncos at 29, maybe the Seahawks at 26, and you're thinking about a running back, do you take Zeke or Henry? Do you go with Zeke, who it's like, man, look at the games he's had. Or do you say, this guy Henry, he's the Heisman. Do you see the national title game? This kid's good. And to me... If we're going to look running back in the first round, three teams as of right now that are going to be looking maybe at the running back position. Number one, the longest of shots, the Texans at 22. Only because Arian Foster, I think you got to move on from him. He's been injured they way too much. They already came out with a report today that said that Houston most likely will be releasing Arian Foster. Yeah. you got to move on from Foster the longest shot only because they could go quarterback, like Mal Kuyper has them. However, they could go running back. Number two. Now, it all pans out with what happens with Marshawn Lynch. But if Marshawn Lynch does not return to Seattle, I know they got Thomas Rawls. But could they say, hey, you know what? I don't know if Rawls is going to be that well. Let's try to trade Rawls. Let's draft a running back. You know what? Scratch that. They're the longest shot. They're three. Texans are two. To me, the team that's the most likely to draft a running back in round number one, the Denver Broncos. Because is C.J. Anderson the future? Is Ronnie Hillman the future? When you can get a guy like Ezekiel Elliott or Derrick Henry, I think right now Zeke is higher on draft boards and will be higher on draft boards. Derrick Henry, though, should not be be discouraged. I'm going to throw some names out there for you, Brandon. And with these names, you can take them or leave them where you want. You can say it's a good thing or you can say it's a bad thing. I'm just throwing these out as these are out of the top So don't 25. shoot the messenger yeah. is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Out of the top 25 all-time rushers in the NFL, I look through who was like who was not taken in the first round. The first one coming in at number 23 had 
10,643 yards in his career, Ricky James Waters was drafted in the second round by the 49ers in the 91 draft. Then coming in at 20 with 11,241 yards, played from 1997 to 2006, played most of his years with the Cincinnati Bungles, second-round pick, Corey James Dillon. Then you have a little bit above him, number 14th with just over 12,000 yards. I'll throw another one in there. You've got... Thurman Thomas, drafted by the Bills in the second round in the 88 draft, but Frank Gore, third rounder by the Niners in the 05 draft, and coming in, fourth all-time leading rusher at 14.1 thousand yards, played 10 years from 95, or 20 years from 95 to 05, no, 10 years, I was right, my math was right, he's a Hall of Fame finalist from 11, inducted in 12, Third round by the Patriots, played with the Jets, Curtis Martin. You can take those names, leave them, take them or leave them. But some of those names, that's good company. So just because you're not an AP, you're not a Steven Jackson, you're not a Walter Payton, a Barry Sanders, an Emmett Smith, an LT drafted in the first round, doesn't mean you're not going to have a good NFL career. But who's to say, you just said that you're not an LT, you're not an Adrian Peterson. Who's to say that you are, you're just not drafted in the first round? Yeah, I mean, look at Curtis Martin. He was drafted, what did I say, third round, and he was the the fourth career-leading rusher with just over 14,000. Yeah, he was a third-rounder, 74th overall in 95 by the Patriots. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes all you got to do is be drafted. Just get yourself drafted. Make a splash. Another team, you you had talked about a couple of teams earlier on, a team that I think could be looking for a running back, even though I said in a podcast previously that they have a, a, a guy who's a rookie there, David Cobb, the Tennessee Titans. They mm-hmm. had a really poor running game this year and used a couple of different running backs. I think they could possibly be in the market for a running back. So there you go. Well, There's another can, one that you can look at. And they can fit. That fits your second round. However, when it's the first pick of the second round, technically this year, because the Patriots don't have a pick, That'd be first-round talent because we only have 31 first-round picks, so he'd be taken then at 32 overall, which in most years, that's the last pick of the first round. But the go ahead. I was just going to say one, one more thing before we get into our last segment okay. is that do you think do you think that anything that happened with Ezekiel Elliott and him calling out his coach and stuff like that no. and how if he gets, you know, if he doesn't get his way, if he doesn't get the football, no. he'll get upset and he'll be crabby in the locker room. It, whether it to be to the media or not, that he'll be a tough teammate to work with. Do at you think point, that has no. any effect on any team looking at him? As of right now, like right now in the draft process, no. Ask me after the combine. The reason being is these kids are going to get the microscope put over them. They are going to have to answer every question. Hey, why did you do this dumb mistake when you were five years old? That's what they're going to ask. Why why did you talk back to your mama when you were five years old? That's what these guys are going to have. They're going to have to answer everything. I, I say the reason I ask that is because that one 
was something yeah. that unfortunately was and that's brought a huge up deal. to the media mm-hmm. on TV. People saw it. People talked about it after for the a Michigan whole State week loss. After. Mm-hmm. So not that I necessarily think that it will affect him, but you just never know of the things that could come back to haunt you mm-hmm. in some way or another. How how matter how big or how small it may have been. All you need to do is have it be big in someone's eyes, and it could hurt you. The way I see it right now is these kids have not had the opportunity to talk to teams yet, like make their case, tell their side of the story. After we hear that, then it's kind of like, okay, this is where it's going to go. But he has the opportunity to put that behind him in a good way. But the last thing we're going to talk about, Brandon, is ESPN. Came out with their way too early top 25 for 2016 in college football. We're going to come out with ours next week. However, there were five teams missing from the ESPN way too early top 25. I'm going to read them off, then you're going to tell me, then I'll tell you the one team you think is going to be the shocker of next season could be in vain like Oklahoma this year could be in the vein like Tennessee this year could be in the vein like Northwestern this year Stanford this year who's going to be that surprise team here were the five that they left off of their top 25 the Hurricanes the Hokies the Cornhuskers Boise State Broncos and the Utah Utes Who's your surprise team for 2016 in college football? The Georgia Bulldogs. Really? They get back to it. I can't. I can't. Like I got to. I got to think of a different answer now. But go. Why? Why are you saying Georgia? Because I was going to say the same thing. You know, I'm saying Georgia because I was going to say the same thing. I, I'm saying Georgia because you know they they, they come out Kirby they, Smart. They they unfortunately they unfortunately lose a. A great running back in the middle of the season. They have a bit of a tumultuous year, you know, with their head coach and the problems that maybe he was having. They with, were my pick to win the East. You know, with the the problems that he was having with the AD and things like that. I think things just got away from Georgia a little bit this year, but I think they come back to full strength. They get they get new a re- rejuvenation with their new head coach. They get refocused, centered again on what their end goal is and how they achieve it. I think Georgia bounces back next year. I think we'll see them be good again. I was going to say Georgia, but because you said Georgia, I really had no idea you were going to say that. I'm going to take them off. The, well, that's the great part about this. Like, my raw reaction to when you do that, you guys can't see me, but I kind of threw up my hand like, like, really? Really? Got to steal? Because I thought you were going to go with this team, my second team that I'm going to throw out there, because now they're my number one, because you drafted Georgia before me. I'm scrambling right now. I'm on the <laughs> clock, and uh, who am I going to go with? I didn't scout anybody else. The Hurricanes. To me, the Miami Hurricanes are... It's kind of like the same thing you said. The only thing I'm going to harp on more is Mark Rick. When you go into a press conference and you throw up the U, you better win. You better Al Davis and just win, baby. Because if you don't just win, baby, you're going to be just leaving, baby. That's what's going to happen. And, I mean, there's a chance. I'm going to say it. I mean, college football is a little different, but 
if Miami has a bad year, he could get chutted. However, I don't see Miami having a bad year. We saw what happened to them. As soon as they got rid of Al Golden, this team turned around. Mark Rick, not a bad coach. It was just time to end in Georgia. Time to say, you know what? We need. Ch- we both need a change of scenery. And he's coming back home. He's going to coach his alma mater. He's got a kid, third-year starter in Brad Kaya, who's your quarterback. And that's the key. Can Kaya be the guy to lead this team under Mark Rick? However, the thing that the Hurricanes, both of our teams, have ex-national champion participants standing in their way. Miami's got to go through Clemson, who, I'm going to be honest, there's a chance they can go undefeated again. There is a big chance that they can go undefeated again next year because they're returning, what, what is it, eight offensive starters, nine defensive starters, and then your team, Georgia, has, oh, the national champion of Alabama standing in their way, six offensive starters and five defensive starters standing or coming back. That's your one-two, Clemson being one, Alabama two, and ESPN's way too early, top 25. But that's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast. I want to thank you guys for checking out this podcast. Go ahead, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Brandon is at Young underscore Swan 19. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. Go ahead, if you haven't already, take the time, the survey for MVP down in the description. Tell us what you think of MVP. Answer some questions. Help us help you to make Most Valuable Podcast even better. Go ahead and like at heart, heart and repost on SoundCloud. Like and subscribe on YouTube. I want to thank you guys yet again for sitting down with us, listen to us, talk about sports, college sports, what we love to do. We'll see you guys next week. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.